0: I'm going to pray. Thank you, Jesus, for this opportunity. I pray your Holy Spirit is on the words. You're with us, you're teaching us, you're guiding us. You open us up to hear from you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So last week, uh, Chris as part of our sort of pre-Easter warm-up, we're, we're talking about soul winning or uh, inviting people to church and with the ultimate aim that we might reach out and invite somebody to the Easter service and then to the lunch afterwards. Uh, it's a great way of showing people, bringing people into the community. And his message was uh, to an unknown God talking about Paul when he went to Athens and using going into Athens and using this, uh, this uh, statue or this, symbol of an unknown god and talking to them about the god that they didn't know using their culture and their reference point and then bringing them a step closer to jesus and what we would we call in this church a plus one moment bringing them uh, closer to jesus maybe to the whole point of salvation but just having an encounter and as chris was talking i thought there's some great wisdom in some of the things he was sharing talking about finding the common ground with people, finding the common ground and then launching from there to bring them closer to Jesus. Not getting into an argument with somebody about uh, the, whether God exists or doesn't exist or, or challenging them straight away, but launching from a point of finding common ground of thought, there's some great wisdom in that, uh, particularly in an, our environment where there's so many different views and, and people don't believe things or they believe things and by the fact they don't believe things then they believe things because you're one way or the other. So it's a belief if you don't believe and but finding common ground is a place to go okay so we can agree on that and then this is what I think and then bringing them close to, to Jesus that way. And well, you could rephrase it and say it, it is better to be at the table of discussion than to be locked out of the room. So, by to have uh, to be in agreement and find a common point, you can then be a part of the conversation rather than putting up people will put up walls if you, uh, if you disagree straight away. They go, Oh, well, we, we obviously don't agree. And so, what interest do I have? What need do I have to have this conversation any further? So you're allowing yourself to be at the table of discussion and then thought, how can we, how can we take this a little bit further? So uh, Brendan actually started us off in Romans 12 and that's where I'm preaching from today and there was no prior planning in that. So it's pretty cool. Uh, Romans 12:18 says, If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. It's a challenging scripture. There's there's a whole chapter, and we might get to that later. But you, you saw how it started off, uh, Brendan sharing earlier. Uh, you, living as an act of sacrifice is worship, and then talks about some other things. Then it said, "If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone." A couple of things to say about that. If it is possible, so, sometimes it may not be, but if it is possible, if it is, then we should. As as far as it depends on you, you can control your side of an interaction with a person or a situation. You can't always control the other side. But it's all about knowing that if it is possible, I've done everything that I can to live at peace with that person or in this situation because that's all you're accountable for. Some people take on a a weight of expectation or a weight of guilt or a weight of all sorts of things that's got nothing to do with them. I was talking to Carmen yesterday about this and uh, just getting her feedback on me. And and she said, you know, you're pretty good at kind of what will be, will be, but I can't control that. And I know I've kind of got myself sorted in this situation, and uh, you know, it just gets to a point where you just got to stop worrying about the situation and kind of move on. Because as long as you've done what you can do, you can't control if the other person forgives you. If you've forgiven them, that's great. You've done what you can, but you can't force somebody else to forgive you, as an example. So live at peace with everyone. Why, why would we want to live at peace? And I'm not so much talking about us having peace and having inner peace and the kind of the sanctity of peace. It's more we're talking about relationships and people and living at peace with people is a launching point to winning people. And ultimately, in the, what we're leading up to in Easter is if we're living at peace with people, we're in a place where we can have a discussion with them, we're open to a relationship, and they're open to a relationship with us, and they're open to conversation, open to those moments. We're in their world. We've been given permission to be in their world and vice versa. And then they will see our lifestyle, and see we are at peace with people and the, the character that we have So when we speak the words of Jesus, they they see the weight and the lifestyle that's behind those words. We might have moments where we encounter somebody uh, at work or in the street or in a social setting where you might just bump into somebody, have a conversation, and then they have an encounter. But a lot of the time, most of the time, I make an assumption that comes from people we know, comes from our relationships. And so it's important that we do what we can to be living at peace with people around us. doesn't mean we have to agree with everybody. doesn't mean we have to all think the same, but we can live at peace with people. Hebrews 12, 14, the writer of Hebrews, which is possibly Paul, says, make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. There's more in that chapter, but saying make every effort to live in, live in peace without holiness uh, to be in peace with everyone and to be holy without holiness no one will see the lord so when we're living to when we're aiming to live in peace with people and be holy which comes about by relationship with jesus then people will see the lord because of our holiness because of the character that jesus has put in us it's not not anything we've achieved it's not saying i'm holier than anybody else it's we're only made holy through Jesus on the cross. And then so our lifestyle should flow from that holiness, that new life that we have. Romans 14, uh, is an interesting area. It's talking about, this chapter talks about conscience and not causing others to stumble and to be in agreement uh, and to, to look out for each other. And it says, Romans 14:19. let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. Peace and mutual edification. It's not just about me. It's a bit unfortunate. So how can we live at peace? I'm glad you asked. How can we live at peace with people? Got three things I'd like to share and discuss and work through and and some examples and my aim from today is just that you might grab a hold of one piece of wisdom and it's not wisdom from me because I'm not that wise. I just read the Bible and there's some great wisdom in there, particularly in Proverbs. I've got a few Proverbs this morning and it's not to say I'm, I'm perfect in any of these areas because I'm far from it. And people that know me well know I'm not perfect. But there are some uh, pieces of wisdom I've latched onto in years that have helped guide some decisions and guide some things, uh, some moments, and at, particularly at decision points about which way to go and how I'm going to react or respond to a situation. And just like us all to grab a hold of something this morning that might be a word for where you're at and decisions that you're coming up against this week or situations. So, the first one how can we live at peace? Be wise not right have that see be wise say be wise wise. not right it's a little bit controversial we'll dig into that Uh, number two keep it I can say this because grew up in New Zealand keep it sweet as keep it sweet as number three win by not winning have I got your interest with those win by not winning Bit controversial in this day and age. <clears throat> so number one, be wise not right. See, in relationships and living at peace with people around us, we have a choice. We can be right or correct, or we can choose wisdom in that situation. Sometimes they might be the same thing. I'm not saying that it's every single time you need to choose between right and being wise. Often wisdom will lead to the well, wisdom should lead to the right thing. But they're not always the same, or they might not look the same straight away. Because in, in a relationship, you can be right, but it can cause friction. It can cause disagreement. Or you can choose the path of wisdom and have peace with people. Anyone that's in a relationship, or even you know, you've got brothers or sisters or parents, you, I'm sure you can relate to any uh, argument where somebody was right but as soon as they asserted the fact they were right things might have got a little bit heated or a, a little bit of friction might have come into that conversation but sometimes a, a quiet word or a little bit of humility and an apology to start off with rather than leading with the I'm right you're wrong can, uh, can help that conversation and that, that relationship just continue on to the next day. So to be wise and not right, we need to choose our words wisely. Proverbs 15.1 says, A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Proverbs 15.28, The heart of the righteous weighs its answers, but the mouth of the wicked gushes evil. What this is saying is a righteous person considers their answers Weighs them up and might pause, might not say that thing. That might be right, but the mouth of a wicked gushes evil. It's flowing, it's flowing, and eventually, if it keeps flowing, enough evil will just come out without even having to try. So what we need to do to be wise and not right, to live at peace with people is to consider our words and to look when a situation pops up and there's potential for conflict or something happens out of the ordinary, to respond to that situation and not react. You might have heard that. So responding and not reacting means, re- reacting is kind of the instant, I'm just whatever happens in the moment, I'm just going to react to that. Responding, for me, is taking just a moment to consider what I'm confronted with, what I'm seeing in front of me, and then to consider how, what might be an appropriate response for that situation. Just to, to, it might only be a split second just to think it through just a little bit more on the consequences, but to respond, consider, but not react quickly. And what does it mean to live at peace? And, and what did Jesus say about it? Well, he, he gave some examples. And, and one phrase that we might be familiar with today is, go the extra mile. Now, for us in our work uh, environment or maybe in community, or family, go the extra mile means to do something better than somebody else, to just put in a little bit of extra time at work or to just be a bit more thorough on the job. That's kind of what it's translated to be or what it's in our modern culture. What Jesus is saying, and the context is, In Jerusalem at the time, they were under Roman rule. And a Roman soldier could walk down the street, hand their armor to anybody and say, here, take this a mile for me to my house. You need to carry this. And they had to do it because they're under Roman rule. So what Jesus is saying in go the extra mile, he's saying, if they ask you to take it one mile, say, I'll take it two. I'm going to take it you want me one more? No problem whatsoever. We might be under your rule. I might not like how you treat us, but I'm just going to take it too. If you need me, to, I'll take it further than what you need me to take it for. No problem whatsoever. See, and, and he also talked about turning the other cheek. If someone hits you on the right, give them the left, which is very weird, very weird. And, and again, for us, in our day and age, we, we like justice and we have laws for everything where if somebody has wronged you and you see it in, in the States where, where uh, the litigious society where people get sued for all sorts of things and, and, um, and it's in Australia, people sue supermarkets for slipping on grapes and, and I, you know, I don't know all the details but it's about making something right for them because of a wrong that happened. But Jesus said, go the extra mile when you're under oppression. Turn the other cheek when someone hits you. And he's he's flipping around what they have been taught where an eye for an eye, where you get revenge. If somebody does something there's an immediate consequence, he's saying, let go of those things. What that does for us is you actually, it's a challenge to our view of getting justice but you actually win because you're choosing to hand over power. But by doing that, you're actually in power because you're in control of your response, your reaction to the situation. Where a soldier walking down the street might think, ha, 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 I'm in power here. You do this for me. You turn around and say, no problem. I'll take it twice as far as you need me to do. And all of a sudden, the power has shifted. And it's not a power to lord it back over and you're having a power competition. It's to say... That's cool. Jesus is the name above all names, whatever you do to me, no problem. And we're in the Western world, there's parts of the world where people just for confessing the name of Jesus can, can lose their lives. And so these words carry a significant amount of weight in those areas. By going the extra mile or turning the other cheek, it helps us keep a peaceful heart. As we relinquish the power and trust in Jesus in this situation, it keeps our heart peaceful. Number two for living at peace is to keep it sweet as. As we'd say in New Zealand now, for me, sweet as is like, no problems, no worries. It'll be okay. Like, cool. Cool, bro. And this is about keeping a good attitude, not being offendable, keeping anger at bay, not holding on to stuff, being able to move on and not dwelling on the past. So it's all about what we control in that situation. It's in, inside attitudes and offence and anger. Proverbs 19.11 says, A person's wisdom yields patience. It is to one's glory to overlook an offence. Has anybody here been offended before? <laughs> I didn't see many, well, any has really, but there was a lot of laughter. A bit of like, <laughs> have you lived the day? See, You've got opportunity to be offended every single day. Uh, Work, uh, church life, uh, family. I've offended my family. They've offended me. We're still family. Uh, But Proverbs says, it is the one's glory to overlook an offence. A person's wisdom yields patience. So it's about the attitudes we control and... Uh something that happened to me when I was living in Sydney working for Vodafone. I had worked there as a student and came back to work full-time after a couple of years. And at this point, uh, Vodafone had sort of restructured. All of their stores up to this point were run by three or four main partners. So all of the Vodafone stores across the country were run by three or four main partners and they all looked slightly different. It was a bit weird. <clears throat> but Vodafone, part of their strategy, decided to buy them all back. So, they, it'd all be centralized and they could all have control across all the stores and all the customer experience. And I came in right at this point. I'd previously worked there as a part-timer and came back in. And so, because they were bringing all of these, uh, these three or four companies under one umbrella and all these workers on different conditions, they decided to freeze the commissions that people were on and give them because they were trying to work out how they would pay people and the payroll and all of that sort of stuff. They would freeze the commissions and pay people on average of what they had earned in the last six months, I think it was. So the top salespeople would keep earning what they did in terms of their commissions and, uh, and, and so on down. I came in at this point with experience, came in as a new employee, and they weren't going to pay me commission at all. Uh, and we're talking, as a, in a retail store, a difference of $2,000 a month potentially. So you know, it's, it's fairly significant... Uh, in a retail environment <clears throat> It's changed a little bit since then It was quite generous at the time uh, Quite lucrative <laughs> yeah. So what I had to do Because I knew I was good I was experienced I walked in Even though I hadn't been there For a couple of years I just had to learn the new phones But straight away Day one I was selling I wasn't a new person I could do it straight away And in that process, I managed to negotiate and my boss managed to negotiate a little bit of commission for me, the fact that I had experience. But I, here I was for three or four months working in a store where the top salesperson could see that he, wasn't, he didn't need to work to earn his $2,000 a month in commission. So he just sort of sat around at the back of the store, whereas he used to sit at the front and, and like... Chase down. Ever seen a hungry salesperson? They're straight to you. They see dollar signs above your head and and chase them down. So he he would do nothing and just kind of do what he had to do to keep his job. And here I was earning a fraction of what he did in commission. Uh, But through that time, and then I wasn't getting paid on time because of all the things that were going on. I wasn't getting commission when it came through. My pay didn't even happen when it should have. So there was a whole bunch of stuff that could have got me all ruffled. And through that time, I had to just, I kept working, and I outsold everybody in that store. I was just like, I don't care what's going on. I'm going to outsell everybody here, and I did. And I'm, sometimes I'm feeling confident in my own abilities. Uh, and, and, and so through that time, yeah, it, it wasn't great. And every pay I had to check, and I had to chase it down and try and get it through, and eventually started to settle down after about three or four months. Well, only a couple of months later, then opportunities for promotions came by, and I got that pretty quickly. I went to assistant manager at a small store, then a big store, to store manager, all within a few months, and wherever I went, favor followed, and the the sales increased, and the team uh, started performing greatly. This other guy who just did what he had to do, a couple of years later was still in the same level of position because he was just there for the money and not to achieve anything particular. But in that in that situation, I had to live at peace with the people around me, That my bosses who were, they were frustrated too, but the, the system and the s- structure and the state, everything that was going on, had to live at peace with that. And, but because I did want to get through, then, the relationships were good and the opportunities started flowing through there. uh, In other work environments, uh, and you might be able to relate, I've had some interesting bosses at times and uh, been in positions where I would have legally had a right to sue the place where I worked or seek a payout or compensation. Um, And I've worked in three different cities and two countries and so there's a few things that have happened over time and some of you might re- relate to that. And even in my most recent job, uh, this is recorded, so I'm going you know, to be discreet, uh, th- there there are opportunities where I could have stepped to, to prove I was right or to... Um, I had an opportunity to, after being what I'd say is unfairly treated, to take a redundancy and, and leave. But I decided... I didn't want to leave at that point. I wanted to leave in a position of strength, and even though the people around weren't creating an environment, I sort of looked around for other jobs. But so I decided I wanted to do what was right and prove to myself that I could push through that situation. And since that time, the work I've done, um, for those that know me, I'm starting a new job in a week, and I finished the other one on Friday. The work I had done in the last nine or ten months actually got me the job that I'm about to do with a pay rise in a bigger organisation. If I had walked out at that point where I had the easy way out, the easy opportunity, I would have had some short-term money and then I would have just had to find something else at a similar level. It would have been hard to try and stretch for something just a little bit above but I stuck at it and was able to earn that opportunity to do some additional work. And in that time, I've now been able to take that step. So, But through that, I had to make some decisions to put those things aside. And, and I said in my exit interview, I said, no matter how I was treated or the situations that went around me, I wanted to move past that. Because I got asked, or, you know, did, did I want to challenge that uh, that situation, I said, what was done was done. It wasn't going to change anything. Because, uh, But you've got to push push through and, uh, because the relationships are important. So in that position and another one, the living at peace with people is important. You might hear the phrase, don't burn your bridges when you leave a place of employment. Yeah. Particularly in a market the size of Adelaide, people know people who know people. And if you burn your bridges, it's not wisdom to to do that, which means cutting off relationships or going out, yeah, exit interview with guns blazing and shooting down this person and that person, making accusations, Just decide to leave at peace, keep the relationship good, keep it sweet. And from that, I've had opportunity, they've asked me to do some freelance things and, and they'll it'd probably pay me two and a half times what I was getting paid to do there, plus the other job. So if, if I can juggle the amount of work together, it's actually gonna work out in my favour in the long term. So God is good and favour follows when you make those decisions to live at peace with people. I I have family members who have left jobs multiple times due to payouts due to difficult situations and uh, their attitudes about the workplace aren't as sweet and it's, uh, it's often conflict and challenge and hierarchical things in those relationships. But if you can leave it sweet, keep the relationship good, then you never know what can come out of it. In the future, Proverbs 29:9 says, "If a wise person goes to court with a fool, the fool rages and scoffs, and there is no peace. The bloodthirsty hate a person of integrity and seek to kill the upright." Proverbs has some awesome language. Fools give full rents vent to their rage, but the wise bring calm in the end. Maybe that's useful for an employment situation or a family situation, Uh, particularly when you're getting into the area of legalities. You can be right, you can take someone to court, uh, you can win, but do you have peace? Is that the right thing? I'm not saying it's not. I'm saying consider and speak to Jesus, pray about it, talk to your leaders because it's not always the, the wise thing to do in terms of, Relationships and living at peace internally, but with other people too. Proverbs 29:22: "An angry person stirs up conflict and a hot-tempered person commits many sins." Proverbs 15:16, "Better a little with the fear of the Lord than great wealth with turmoil." So it's saying, "Better to have few possessions and have fear of the Lord." and have great wealth and have turmoil with relationships or in- internally about how you got there. Point number three this morning, <coughs> to win by not winning. You might be asking, what do I mean by that? It's, it's weird, it's challenging itself. Well, it's by relinquishing power, like mentioned a little bit earlier. It's about humbling yourself in a situation to keep peace and relationship with people to let others have wins in a situation, Uh, uh, generosity as well. It's about winning the person and not the argument. I was just uh, searching for some uh, images and things to inspire my thinking because I needed to kind of get some structure going. And I accidentally, I wasn't even looking for it, stumbled across a classic example of how kingdom thinking can be quite different to non-kingdom or world thinking. Talking about the kingdom of God versus other ways of looking at a situation, and and, and it's wisdom to win people. The, and it says in Proverbs, uh, he well, talks about he who wins souls is wise. And I've got that later. But I came across a life hacker article. Anyone know the life hacker? The website? Yeah, yeah, cool. <laughs> For a moment there, I thought that I was the only one that has come across <laughs> it. Okay. Life Hacker, The Definitive Guide to Winning an Argument. And it starts off by saying, Winning isn't everything, but it sure is nice. <laughs> when you don't see eye to eye with someone, here are the best tricks for winning that argument. You don't see that sort of thing in the Bible. That's not turning the other cheek or going the extra mile. And some of the points are convince them with confidence. So you can win the argument if you are confident. Avoid the most common argument fallacies. Find the best evidence you can. Find everything you can to weight it in your favor so you can smash down their their wrong thinking and and have everything you need behind you. Be calm and courteous, even if you're pretending. Have them thoroughly explain their view first. So I read this one a bit more and it's so you can identify where they're wrong and so you can challenge them if they're explaining what they're talking about and the next one is ask them the right questions to get them going because it says the more they talk, the more wrong things they might say and it's going to give you some evidence to win the argument. You see how this is going to create great, healthy relationships? If you follow this advice, stay on topic and look for consensus to back you up because it's all about winning the argument. Proverbs 11:30 30 says, the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life and the one who is wise saves lives or other translations, he who wins souls is wise. So you are wise if you're winning people, you're winning relationships, you're winning souls to Jesus. Some other ways of keeping at peace and, and not... To, to win in the relationships. And when I say win by winning, we, we want to win the person, we want to win the relationship over to Jesus by not winning, by giving up things. Is, have you heard of the term one-upmanship? This is One-upmanship is where you're talking to somebody and you've got one up on them because they, maybe it sounds a little bit like this. They talk about a holiday they went on and maybe they said, oh, you had a great time in Fiji. Oh how long were you there for a week oh, yeah I, I had a great time when I was there but I think we went for like a couple of weeks and we went on a cruise boat for another week around the so rather than hearing the person's story you, you take it further and, and add on and then it suddenly becomes about you and how great your experience was or could be somebody got a pay rise of a certain amount oh yeah I got, Oh that's great, I I got a pay rise and a bonus and an increase in commission They gave me a car This is one upmanship And it could be And it's something It's quite interesting It's it's sometimes a bit more subtle but around kids So we've got three kids Under four and a half And when you're in different groups Different environments It's like So when did yours start walking? (laughs) It's not necessarily that overt, but it's like, oh yeah, I you know, Jemima started walking. Oh, how old was she when she did that? Oh, that's great. Yeah. Mine did it a month earlier. It's one upmanship. Like well, what why do we need to do that? To spin that around, win the relationship and when somebody's talking you say, Wow, that's great. That's awesome she's walking. That's awesome they're walking or oh, Tell me about your great holiday you had. What, what did you do there? And, and what were some of the experiences? Not bringing it back to how great yours was, but having a little while in the conversation. Wow, you know, it's, it's fantastic. I'm happy for you. Happy you had a great holiday. It's not taking credit for ideas. I like to throw ideas around, and sometimes I'm joking, sometimes I'm not, but just things spit out sometimes. And and there was a bit of laughter from, we have a, a leadership team, and and we just espouse ideas and, and then in family and uh, planning things and growing up and different at work, you just say ideas and then two weeks later, or sometimes a year later, somebody comes up with this great idea, which is exactly the same. So it's not about, oh yeah, thanks for rolling with my idea. It's like, cool, you know, let's, let's roll with it. It's, it's about winning as a team and, and the fact that others have. Sometimes it's just a seed sown and it wasn't the right timing for that idea in the first place and then when somebody else comes up with it, then we're all more engaged in the idea in the first place together and we're going to proceed with that. So you win as a team by giving the the little wins, the individual ones, away. It's listening more than talking, not talking about yourself too much. Now, I have a problem with this because I actually don't like talking about myself because... Once I've heard a story once, that's kind of enough for me. I just don't like telling the same story more than once if I don't have to. It's not because I I have a a problem communicating about myself. I just, I get bored doing it. But it it can be beneficial for others when I share experiences and share stories. And so I have to challenge myself to talk more than I do. Because for anybody that knows me, I don't usually talk this much. And when, when I'm up on stage, it's very, very different. So you can, you can win by humbling yourself, and uh, when, when I was uh, Vodafone, another example, I, uh, a brand new flagship store opened in the city, and I was a store manager at the time, and they were uh, advertising for new staff, and I had to, uh, I decided I would apply to be assistant manager at the flagship store, and it was very unusual, my boss wasn't sure why, and I just wanted to check. But it got me an interview with the state manager. And they were curious about why would I give up my position as a store manager to go to assistant manager. I I said I'd see it as an opportunity to learn in a bigger environment, be in a more prominent location. Uh, So there's some strategy things there, but they they wondered, are you gonna have any issues being under somebody again when you've been the boss? No, it's fine. Well, I'm completely happy to do that because I'm going to learn from somebody who's either more experienced or I'll be in a location where opportunities might come from that. As it turned out, about a week after we opened, that store manager it got taken elsewhere. They had to look after a different store. And I was the acting manager for a while and eventually got uh, put in as a permanent manager. Uh, because, And then opportunities came from that a few months later. We announced we were moving to Adelaide. This is right before we moved to Adelaide and 2012 so end of 2011 we announced we were moving to Adelaide we went away on a month-long holiday my boss came to me and said we want to essentially we want to promote you for the last four months you're here and if the work goes okay you'll get a five grand bonus when you leave Um, so that was kind of weird but it was kind of cool like God's favor was in that situation about I humbled myself It it was a bit of strategy behind it but in a workplace, they were like, hey, why would you even do that? Why would you consider making that sort of move? But the favour of God was on it, and opportunities came through that, and they basically paid for me to move to Adelaide through that situation. Well, not just me, Carmen and, Carmen and I. So they paid for us to pay for our moving expenses, uh, which was pretty cool. So Romans 12, just to wrap up. I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but in the context, as Brendan said, he talks about living sacrifice, urging us to, uh, in verse 2, it goes, to not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So what I've been hoping to share this morning is some wisdom from the Bible to just change how we might think about a situation or a relationship and how we might live at peace with that person and win that person over by our character and our behaviour then you'll be able to test and prove what God's will is. Uh, From verse three, it talks about uh, the body of Christ. And then in verse six, we have different gifts. We have, according to the grace given to us, prophesying and faith and serving and teaching and uh, giving and generosity, uh, showing mercy. Then it goes straight into love must be sincere, hate what it is evil. Really short kind of uh, punchy things starting to come up. It gets weighty. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honour one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervour, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. It's like a bullet point list of things. Bless those who persecute you. Turn the other cheek. Go the extra mile. Bless and do not curse. Have you ever prayed for somebody that was persecuting you? I've prayed for my bosses when I didn't like what they were doing and it helps change your heart towards them. You, when you are trying to lavish, trying to lavish blessing upon them in prayer, you start, oh, okay, you know, that would be good because if they benefit them, it would help me too and, uh, and you just want to see them prosper and then your attitude starts changing towards them. Rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn, live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position or variation or, or willing to do menial work. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful what to do is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. I just wonder if there's somebody that, or a relationship or a situation where you need peace in that situation or that relationship. Maybe there's a proverb or something to share this morning that might help you in that. Um, just ask Jordan to cut. Oh, Jordan. <laughs> Sorry, Brianna. <laughs> so used to Jordan coming up. It's just a default Thank you. But I just wonder, we'd just take a quick moment this morning just to think about that and pray for God to reveal a way, a strategy, a, pro- a proverb, a piece of wisdom that might help in that relationship to bring peace into that, whether there might have been friction in the past. But firstly, something we do every week, I want to give an opportunity Maybe some of this wisdom and, and teaching, you've thought, that's, that's great stuff. I, where, where does this come from? I, I want more of this in my life every day. And, and this is from a relationship with Jesus. As it says in Romans 12, it's, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So this is the thinking of Jesus. And, and we, we sung about it earlier and Uh, prayed about it. Jesus died on the cross to give us the forgiveness of sins. And so something we do every Sunday is we give people the opportunity to respond and say, "I, I want relationship with Jesus because I see his teaching and his followers and what they have written and see what God has given us. It's wise and it's teaching for life, but ultimately it's forgiveness from sin. It's eternal life with Jesus. So I just ask everybody across this room to Close your eyes, please, and we we'll just give people an opportunity to respond. So in a moment, if you've never made that decision, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand nice and high, and if there is anybody here this morning, I'd love to pray with you to accept Jesus as your Lord and Saviour and to start that relationship with Him, start that journey walking and experiencing His wisdom and His guidance for everyday life. And maybe there's someone that has made that decision before and wants to come back to a relationship with him. I'll also ask you to raise your hand in a moment. I'd love to pray with anybody in that situation this morning. So if there is anybody that would like to accept Jesus and start a relationship with him for the first time or have done that before, I just ask you to raise your hand nice and high this morning. We'd love to pray with you. Don't want to let any Sunday go by without that opportunity. Is there's anybody here this morning. I'll ask everybody to stand in this last moment, please. And just to think about the three things of how can we live at peace with people in our world? Just to close your eyes, maybe to to think about a situation where you need peace in a relationship. Do I need to start bringing some wisdom and not be right? Do I need to keep it sweet as and and change my attitude to drop anger, to uh, bring forgiveness into that relationship? Or do I need to change my language and and not look to win and and be superior, but to bring some humility, to humble myself, to bring some wow into conversations, and to win that person over by the interest in the conversation I have with them. I just wonder if You're thinking of these people or these situations and I'd just love to pray with you this morning. Thank you, God. We thank you for your wisdom in Proverbs and Romans, Hebrews. Thank you for your teaching. We pray you would be healing relationships. You'd be bringing peace into people's hearts and peace between people you'd be giving people strategies right now to go and improve their relationship to win that person over. And if there's people we're thinking about bringing to Easter, that when we speak to them about Easter and bringing them to church and to the lunch, that they would see the life that we have lived and the character that you've instilled in us from your teaching. And they would see that light there and be attracted to it. And open for those conversations. We thank you for those people around us that we ha- have chosen to live at peace where there could have been conflicts and for those relationships that have kept going. Pray you bring healing into other relationships right now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Cool.